podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I really am delighted to be joined by Laura Bradburn. Laura joins us for a lot of the games. Um, if you're not, in fact, going and introducing Celtic to a new generation of family members, Laura, um, it ended up Celtic 4 Ross County 2, and I'm really keen to hear people's thoughts on it, because as I said before, I like to obviously make my own mind up, analyse the game as best I can, but also look at the social media channels, your WhatsApp groups, the comments section on the on the YouTube. And it's a bit of a topsy-turvy one today, Laura. What did you make of it? Yeah, um, I mean, far from our most assured performance, um, and obviously conceding that late goal to Ross County didn't, didn't help matters either. But I think, you know, I think you either off air or on air earlier in the the show um, said something along the lines of you know even if we're not playing great and winning by that margin of goals that I'm happy with that you know it's like we are still dominating we are still dictating the play we are still um, levels ahead of anything else in the country really Um, and we proved that again today do I think I've seen any evidence today that suggests we're going to be any better in Europe than we've been. Absolutely not. But, you know, the, the transfer window's not yet closed. And I'm still very happy with the team that we're putting out there at the end of the day. I like, we, I like the way we play. I like the the type of footballers that we have. And I think that just keeps getting reproven every time, every time I watch us play. I remember um, it was Ange Postecoglou's first derby game. And there was a real disappointment. Remember, we got beat 1-0 and he played uh, Kyogo down the left and Eduard through the middle. And there was a real sense of disappointment after that game. And I remember Kevin Graham giving us a bit of perspective on it that day, Laura, because he, he actually said that we can't just focus on that 90 minutes of football. We've got to look at the bigger picture. And I know that's a cliche, but Brendan Rodgers isn't long in the building. He's played six friendlies. He's deciding himself who do I fancy, who's not going to be suited to my style of play. And slowly but surely, he will obviously put the, the pieces of that j- jigsaw in place. We know that the first four signings that came in um, certainly were not instigated by Rodgers, although they would have been rubber-stamped by him at the, the tail end of that process. And we're starting to put a team together in the moulds and in the image of Brendan Rodgers. So today is, is kind of day one, in essence. And before we came on live, I says to you, that wasn't perfect. It was far from perfect. I'm, I've, I'm seeing words in the, the comments field like sloppy. I get that. I totally get it. Because there was periods of that, that game where I felt we were sloppy. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll pinpoint some of the performances individually and we'll have a look at that. But one thing I would stress is I'm not going to get too uh, downbeat about that performance. We win the game 4-2. I think the scoreline, if I'm, if I'm going to be totally brutal, I think it, you know the scoreline... Um, probably flattered Ross County, you know, 
just disagree with that in the comments if you if you don't think that was the case. I think it flattered them because we were in control at that stage. Laura, I'm not one of these types of football fans that looks at the second half and goes, where we got beat 2-1 in the second half. You know, we must do better. I think over the piece, we did control the game. Uh, there's certain elements of that team I think Brennan Rodgers won't be happy with. And obviously, we'll try and pick that um, in, the, in this analysis, in this reaction. And we'll start with uh, Joe Hart, right? Let's start with Joe Hart. So I think I gave him the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, previously, because the, the pass back where he looked a bit jittery, you know, we called it the heart and mouth moment for the, the two years under Ange Coglu. And I think that Ralston probably put him under a wee bit more pressure than he should have done, to be honest with you. And, and he probably only had two options, either try and play it, you know, with his chest or his head or punch it and just put his fist through the ball and potentially lose possession. He's maybe hesitated a wee bit and, and I'm not going to fully blame him. But the first goal for Ross County, I'm, I'm really finding it difficult not to place blame or responsibility on Joe Hart for that. Novroski should do better. He's kind of caught in between two players um, and I don't think he times his jump all that well, Laura, to be honest with you. You know, um, the, the goal scorer nips in behind him. But Joe Hart has to command his six-yard box and he, he fails to do that today. And that was a big concern. You were more concerned at halftime over his entire performance rather than that one incident that I picked up on. What do you make of that? Because I'm going to bring in some of the comments um, in the comments field. This isn't going to be an anti-Joe Hart stream by any manner of means. There's there's a lot of positives I want to talk about. But let's start with Joe Hart. What's your take on it? I think specifically referring to that first Ross County goal, um, listen, he, he shouldn't let a guy at the back post that close to the goal get anywhere near the ball that should be his to take before it gets there I think there's other things you could criticise like um, I don't know if Kyogo was deliberately put on the post but he certainly ended up there and was too short to jump and clear it when it looped over Hart's head but um, but Hart just looks like a guy I don't know how to put this Um a guy who maybe still thinks he can do things that he can no longer do is the kindest way that I can put it. Um, who seems frustrated by the ability that's that, that's kind of deserting him uh, as he as he moves on in years, um, because I think he and I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. I was not a fan of his signing him, but when he did come in, he completely changed the outlook I had on on the team because mm. I was very confident with him between the sticks he's now becoming the issue that he was brought in to solve before and I think that's where we have an issue with him the The word sloppy that you talked about that perfectly describes the conceding of that goal and uh, I know from what I've seen of him in interviews and things like that and I spoke to him a couple of times at the end of last season he will not be happy with with the goals he's conceded today, but you can have all the determination not to concede that you want. It's still going to, if it still happens, it's it's got to be a cause for concern. And I really do think, I said it before the match and nothing's changed my mind today. If we do one thing between now and the transfer window closing, it's find a, a goalkeeper, I think. You know, this it's, a, it's an interesting one. You, you mentioned the... Um... 
the the kind of smaller player on the post. I I do find that a, a little absurd in this day and age. Pe- you know, people might think you're old fashioned by saying that somebody should be on the post. Um, but goals like that today show, shows you the importance of having someone well, with a bit well, of height either, on there. Either, either have somebody tall on the post or don't have anybody in the post is my... Like, it's not about the, your, whether you're old-fashioned or not for wanting somebody in the post. I'm not even commenting on whether there should have been anybody there or not. But the fact of the matter is, if it had been a taller person than Kyogo, he might have got to the ball. Yeah. So and it was like... The choice. Burnaby, remember that? interesting goal he scored in pre-season the only reason he was on the right hand side of the park is because he was guarding the post but Bernabe is also quite a short player so I I find it bizarre that if you're going to put him there you're almost making him um, obsolete in the situation Laura and uh, so no blame on Kyogo and you know what when you can see the goal it's natural to try and say right how could we have prevented that so it's not really about trying to blame somebody you're just trying to look at preventative measures when you're conceding these goals they two goals against Ross County won't hurt us in the great scheme of things but if you're up against it if you're up against a, a really tough opponent be that this season domestically or in Europe and you're going to ship out two really soft goals, then it does become an issue. And that's why we're going to talk about it. Um, I'm going to bring in Stephen Sloan. And I appreciate, Stephen, that this message was probably posted prior to the second goal by Ross County. Lots of positives today. Happy with the win. The Ross County goal was farcical, but hopefully it's just rustiness. I think rustiness, sloppiness, you've got to take that into account. Or I don't think we're as fine-tuned as Brendan Rodgers will get us um, in the coming weeks. Personal Jesus replacing Joe Hart will be the difference between bottom of the Champions League group and not uh, lacks command, distribution and decision-making is baffling at times. Yeah, I do think that, you know, he was exposed for that in the uh, in the sense of the first, the opening, the, the, the first goal by Ross County. We will talk about the positives as well. Barry O'Sullivan reckons it was a truly odd game. I thought for lots of the game, average, hate this passing side to side, no cut and edge, yet we score four goals. Could have had a goal of the season contender in the 87th minute. Yeah, it was 4-1, but it could have been uh, 6-1 at that point. And then obviously they pull back what realistically and ultimately is a consolation second goal. Um, so yeah, overall, wee bits that Brennan Rogers himself will be unhappy with. But let's talk about some of the positives. And I'm going to start off with the, the man of the match, David Turnbull. Laura, he has been written off by many. Um, am I one of them that's written him off? Well, I'd, I thought he was going to leave this pre-season. And he's given Brennan Rodgers something to think about to the point where he starts today. He takes his opportunity, he gets a couple of goals and a man of the match performance. He looked good. He looks like he could be a player under under Brendan Rodgers. And obviously it meant that Hatate sat out most of the game on the bench. Um, you're looking at that. You're looking at the midweek game. Turnbull keeps the jersey, right? I mean, if... Chris Sutton was saying a lot in the commentary about, you know, he prefers a starting lineup or a Celtic team with Hatati in it. And I get that. Um and I think Hatati came on and showed a lot of what he's good at in the game. He was very dynamic. We actually seemed to change shape a little bit when he came on and home came on. It looked as if Home and McGregor were sitting uh, the two deeper roles and Hatati took on a more of a number ten role. So that was interesting to see. But I mean, you can't argue when David Turnbull comes on and gets two goals and an assist. Like that, you can say you can say what you want about how he goes about it or how he gets them, but the fact is that he gets them, and you, I don't see how a manager can turn around and say after a performance like that, 
no, we're going to switch it back for the midweek game. I think I think as long as he keeps contributing in that manner, it's uh, going to be up to Hatati to do a bit more to get the shirt back. Um, I'm not saying necessarily Hatati needs to match him in terms of goals and things like that, but you just can't argue with somebody who comes who who gets given his opportunity, scores two goals and has an assist, and then yeah. say no, it's still not good enough. I know, and like you were saying before, uh, before the game actually, when when you look at the other midfielders, well, Callum McGregor, um, captain of the club, he's uh, the guy that makes things tick. He had that type of performance today, Laura. That's uh, often referred to as an under the radar performance. You might not even comment on his performance after the game. And then you had Matt O'Reilly, um, and you think, well, I don't think I dropped Matt O'Reilly after that performance today either. We're speaking about goals and assists. He was uh, all over it today. And last season, the biggest criticism for him was the lack of goals. Um, Brendan Rodgers comes in, we've played one game, he scored one goal. That could be something that he adds to his game under Rodgers. And if he did, then that takes him to a whole different level in, in terms of the player that he could be. Um, so I think, you know, going into the game against Aberdeen, that Hatati's going to find it pretty hard to get a start in berth. Um, as much as I agree with Chris Sutton. I think Celtic are overall a better team with Hatati in it. Um, it's just that if you're going to you're going to be fair to bringing a player in who's there on merit due to his pre-season, and then he, he starts the season off with goals and assists as Turnbull has done. I'm not dropping Turnbull and I'm not dropping O'Reilly. It's now Hatati's turn to show us, you know, that he deserves the jersey, and I totally get that. And I think that's healthy, Laura. Um, mm. You know, that's a, that's healthy competition in the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was interesting though. I did, I did notice as well, and I was sitting watching the game with my dad, and uh, there was very little interaction between Hatati and Turnbull when the, uh, when the, when they were swapping places when the substitution mm. was made, um, which I thought was interesting because I thought, well, that, you could look at that one of two ways. Either that's a positive that they're both very competitive and very determined to make the shirt their own. Or on the negative side, you could say, you know, we don't need that kind of attitude between players in the squad. Whatever way you choose to look at it, I'm I'm going to take the positive on it and say that's two very determined professionals who who both want that shirt for their own. Um, and listen, we can't complain if we've got two players the calibre of Hatati and Turnbull fighting over that shirt. Um, I still think Hatati will win out in the end and will be the regular choice going into mode of the season. And I do agree that. I prefer to watch the way we play with Hatati and the team as opposed to Turnbull. But again, like I say, if if I was to take a leaf out of Alan Morrison's book, you can't argue with the stats. And the stats are that David Turnbull had a massive impact on the game today. Um, he did. You know, with, without if he's basically been involved in three of the goals, then it's really you know him that's had the pivotal uh, input into us winning the game today. I would like to look at this, and it's easy enough to work out, but I'd like to see the, the minutes per uh, goal creation or, or goal scored ratio that, that Turnbull has, because even when he comes on as a substitute, often he will create or score a goal, uh, Laura. And I know that sometimes, uh, certainly since that injury in Angie's first season, he's come on um, and, and got a start, and it's not really worked out from, from the start. And I said that was one of my concerns at the beginning of this game. So often he gets the jersey, 
doesn't work out. I think Haksabanovich is like that. He, may, he maybe makes an impact as a substitute, gets a start, doesn't take it. Uh, and per- perhaps even, you know, Abada was guilty of that last season as well. So it was great to see both of those players taking their opportunities today. And Matt O'Reilly, I, I really do think that O'Reilly could be taken to another, another level under Brendan Rodgers. And he's spoken very positively of Brendan Rodgers as well in, in this different approach. Um, I'm going to bring in some of these comments. A lot of them, I've got to say, um, a, a wee bit of a health warning for Joe Hart if you're tuning in, Joe. A lot of them are uh, agreeing with there being an issue there. Let's talk defensively then, overall, right? So we've got a situation where Navroski comes in. We're hearing um, today, I was checking that up after seeing the comment at halftime or you know before the game, we're hearing that uh, Rodgers has already confirmed that there's that there's moves afoot with regards to Starfelt. He was approached by someone at the BBC before the game, Laura, and, and he said that. Um, so if that's the case, obviously there's a wee bit of uh, change happening in the, in the defensive area. Ralston is in there simply because we've got an injury to Alistair Johnson. Questions have been raised about the, the ability of Greg Taylor to play in the system that Rodgers will uh, deploy. And of course, we've already spoken about Hart. It seems as though there's a bit of a defensive reset since Rodgers has come in. Um, and that that is a like a bedrock on which Ange built his, his foundations of the success at Celtic, particularly domestically, was a defence. Yeah, I, I think... Um... The reset isn't just obvious in terms of the personnel, but it was obvious in the way that we played today. There's obviously, I think, a little bit more unrest in terms of players' um, uh, assuredness that they're going to start. There seems to be a little bit more unrest in terms of what's exactly expected of them. We talked before the game about the fullbacks maybe having to revert back to a more traditional role and maybe there's a bit of getting used to that that's required. But I think that's I think that's the important point to stress is, you know, I'm seeing a few people coming through in the comments saying, you know, we won four two, it's flag day, we need to be positive about that. And to be honest, from the midfield forward, I had absolutely no concerns about the team today. I think I think we are playing ex- an exciting brand of football and I think we're going to score plenty of goals. I've got no concern about that. I do have concern about the defence because you come up against a better team with all due respect than Ross County and they'll put away more of their chances and they'll have more chances. Um, this this Celtic defence just looks a little bit unsure, even with the minor changes that have been made to the personnel. But I don't think you can underestimate that that change in what the fullbacks are expected to do because... Ralston and um, Taylor in particular today were being asked to do something they probably haven't had to do a lot of in two years um, and that's got to be taken into consideration as well. Absolutely, Laura. And, and by the way, I get what you're saying there in relation to the comments. Yeah, it's positive. Of course it is. But the treble holders in, in uh, domestic football, it's flag day. So it is positive. It's a positive day uh, for Celtic. But I think what we are doing is, as you've said there, Laura, you've got a situation where the two fullbacks are now asked to play differently. You've got a new de- defensive uh, partnership in the centre of defence. And then this question marks around Joe Hart, who incidentally is also playing slightly differently. I mean, there's no way he is playing the same game that he played under Ange Postecoglou, where the, the two centre-halves are constantly, um, you know, playing the ball through Joe Hart. I mean, that happened incredibly um, under Ange Postecoglou almost from day one. Joe Hart was expected to get a lot of the ball, play it out from from the back, very rarely missing out the, the two full-backs and going to the midfield. And so he's playing his game a wee bit differently, but that's not what cons- concerns me about Joe Hart. It's the simple things like commanding your area. 
I can't put any blame on him for the, the second goal, by the way. You know, you could probably break that down and say, right, Greg Taylor plays him on side. Uh, initially, that's something that can be prevented. That's preventable. There's a deflection, which is wicked. I mean, it's a deflection that Staffelt can't do a great deal about and Joe Hart certainly can't do a great deal about. So, yeah, it's just one of these things. But if you're, if you're winning the game 1-0 because Ross County have defended better, and that happens before you know the final whistle. We're sitting here gutted, and it's all about just trying to prevent that. But there is plenty of positives, and I think that uh, you know if we're talking about the defence and we're we're digging them out about a few different things. Overall, what did you make of the performance of our new centre half Novroski? I think over the piece that was a very positive display. Yeah, I think um. As I hinted at at half time, the thing that I really like about him is he seems very defensively aware, obviously, which is, is good for for somebody playing his position. But what I really like about him is he's very, very comfortable on the ball. He can take the ball uh, at pace from people passing it to him. But more importantly than that, he seems to be able to find people with his passes going forward. He's, he's delivering a lot of balls to to Maeda and sometimes even to, to Kyogo that that they maybe weren't getting previously from Starfelt on that side. And I think he's, for me, if you look at it <clears throat> as a one-on-one comparison of who was in his position last season and where he is now, do I think it's an upgrade? Yes, I think he is... Potentially, given um, what is he, twenty-two years old, he all look ready. Looks very, very assured. Um, I think he could be a real, um, you know, bedrock of what we build at the centre back position. And given we've already got Carter Vickers, I can only imagine how good two defenders like that can can go on to become as a partnership. Um, moving into this season, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think that we can't underestimate that partnership that Carter Vickers had with Starfield because, you know, that, that might not have happened so quickly. That seemed to click straight off the bat, right? And I know that Starfield came in for a bit of flack for some individual errors, particularly in the early days when he, when he came to the club. But when you look at the partnership that they've had for the best part of two years, Laura, that doesn't happen all the time. It's not a natural thing. And, and even today... I seen Carter Vickers bowling at Navroski uh, because he, he didn't give him an angle for a pass, which resulted in Carter Vickers having to go back to Joe Hart. So it's going to take time to try and build that up. But I think naturally, as a, as a ball playing centre half, Navroski looks like he's got it, and it's going to really work uh, in his favour because he's a good fit, I think, for Brendan Rodgers. Um, Kyogo, I'm going to bring up a a point that Sean Thompson made earlier. I know it's only one game, but Rogers could develop Kyogo into a more complete striker with him dropping deep. The pass for O'Reilly was great. There, there were certain moments from Kyogo um, that were in the middle third, Laura, where, he, where he's dropped deep and he's shown you know, just what he can do. A, a completely different aspect of his game that I don't think we're used to seeing. He has famously played off the shoulder of the last defender. And I think when Rodgers came in, I thought to myself, well, that he likes a striker to do that. Like James Vardy did that for him at Leicester, for example. He likes that. But what we've seen from Kyogo is something a wee bit different. And he has shown us what he has in his locker. You know, it, it brought to mind a few things. Um, it's not just the, the O'Reilly goal, but the one that I thought Turnbull should have had a hat-trick from was was Kyogo making the same move, dropping off yeah. and then putting the ball through. And it reminds me of, I can't remember if it was Alan Shearer or Ian, I think it was Ian Wright, 
But David Seaman used to say that Ian Wright would make a great goalkeeper coach because he would talk to David Seaman about where he was looking to put the ball, where he was looking to place the ball, and that would make um, Seaman a better goalkeeper because he would know what to expect from strikers. To, Mm -hmm. To kind of adapt that slightly, it's almost as if Kyogo is putting the balls through that he would like to run onto. He's, yeah. he's 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 making the passes that he thinks if I was in that person's position, I'd love to run onto this. And he can adapt to a slightly better position because he knows what it's like to be the person on the receiving end of the ball. And I think mm-hmm. given how intelligent he is as a footballer, it's it's a, a skill and a an ability that that Rogers has maybe noticed and said, well, let's make use of that. You're a fantastic goal scorer, but let's make use and see if we can get your assists up as well um, and make you that dangerous and have an O'Reilly or a Turnbull or a Hatati making that overlap and run through the middle. It's it's really exciting to see how he can change and how he can mould him in that way because, listen, we don't need told about Kyogo and his, his goal scoring ability, but if he can add this to his game that I wouldn't even expected from him but I'm glad to see um, then that's absolutely brilliant obviously having the idea and the desire to give a pass that you would like to be given is one thing but he also has the ability to do it he's, mm-hmm. he's actually managing to do it and that means that you know as well as the intelligence he's got the ability to back up what he's thinking he can make happen what he wants to happen and it's just really really invaluable I think it's a great point and I'm not comparing Brendan Rodgers to Jock Steen, but you look at the examples that, that Steen had where he changed the positions of various players. Uh, Danny McGrain was a right half. When you look at the under-21 tournament that the Quality Street kids went on in 1968, McGrain's not playing right back. Kenny Dalgleish wasn't even in that side, but he wasn't playing up top. And when they changed him to become a striker, he scored a glut of goals and was very quickly put into the first team. Andy Lynch was a left winger. You changed him to a fullback, and he knew what a winger wanted. He knew what made life difficult for a winger, and he became a far more effective fullback than he was a winger. And I think the famous one was Bobby Murdoch. You know, they halved the number on his shorts and doubled the effectiveness on the pitch was the famous <laughs> quote when he went from an eight to a four. And so I think that, you know, that's a great point. Kyogo knows what, what he's looking for, the spaces that he would run into, where are the pockets that are going to really harm and damage uh, your opposition, and he is also capable of playing that pass. And what a performance it was. I've been bigging up uh, Hatati, uh, sorry, Abada in the preseason as well. Leela Abada, he's a player. I think he comes in at a time where what were we expecting when Leela Abada came to the club? We'd seen so many names and, and faces coming to Celtic. He was a young kid coming over from um, Israel, and uh, you know he ended up scoring that first competitive goal under Ange Postecoglou. Then for two seasons, the goals and assists were incredible. But I did feel as though that he he often played on the periphery of the game, Laura. He could have had a much bigger impact. And the arrival of Brendan Rodgers could be that difference that he requires from going from that player with loads of potential and good stats and all that, but not always that consistent, I felt, to becoming the Sinclair-type player in Rodgers' side this time round. Uh, and I've seen that confidence, the confidence in his running, the direct nature of it, his involvement in the goals today. I get why people are saying Celtic are weaker than they were last season, because we've lost Aaron Moy, we've lost Jota, 
And we don't know if we've replaced more yet because we've not seen enough at home. I, I like what I've seen of him. And I think he will turn it and develop into a really important player for us. And we've, we've not really replaced Jota as such. We've brought in a couple of guys who can play on the right, Yang and Tilio. But they are more kind of prospects who will try and play into the into the game. But as I said at the very beginning of the game, what we might see is a revitalised and a resurgent Leela Bada. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to give you the same that Jota did because Jota was a bit of a unique kind of star in his own right. But we might not miss him as much if someone like Abada is becoming more productive, and it looks like he will. Well, interesting that you talk about Jota like that, because apparently I got sent a text message during the match to suggest he's going out on loan from Al Etihad because they've got some sort of restriction on their um, non-Saudi Arabian players and they want to make another high-profile signing. So Jota's going to be... um, uh, sacrifice for that so who knows where he'll end up whether he ends up listen if we end up with 25 million pound in our pocket and Jota back in a Celtic shirt I will take it but, but the uh, thing is he might go back to Portugal and sign for Celta Viga <laughs> he, may, he may do that he may sorry well, anybody he may who missed the half time uh, and sorry about that the geography is no great uh, but that, that's interesting has he played has he actually played for them yet He's played in two pre-season games, I think. Uh, I don't think they've started their league season proper yet, from what I understand. So I think that's still all up in the air. But I tell you what, if he ends up in Portugal, Carol Starfield will be over there in a flash. You'll not be wanting him to get in the way of him and Jacinta, that's for sure. Um, Well, yeah, there is that. No, but it just shows you as well, though, that you obviously instantly say, right, with that kind of money, a player goes and, you know, it's a no-brainer. There's no way you can keep them. But the flip side of that is if you're not playing football, um, you know, oh, it might not actually work out for you. His career could be entirely derailed. His career could be entirely derailed, and I hope for his sake it's not. But, um, but yeah, but to get back to what we were talking about, Abada, listen, I think I mentioned it in one of the pre-season friendlies when I did match coverage with you that I'm really enjoying the relationship him and Kyogo seem to have. It, it mm. happened again today with another assist. Um, and I think what Kyogo gives you that you maybe don't always get from somebody out on that right-hand side as a goal threat as well. He really likes to ghost in at that back post or cut inside and hit a shot from the outside of the box, um, which I really like. The only the only downside, I would say, to things is that you got a reminder today of sometimes why it hasn't happened for him, which is I think he's quite injury-prone and I don't see how you improve that. Um, he's he's gone off with something that looks like it was muscular today. You're hoping it's not too serious, but that's the only thing I think that's going to stop him having a regular run in the side is whether his body can withstand the the demands of it. Because as we've seen with other players like Mikey Johnson, there are there are people like Callum McGregor who are built for sixty games a season. There are other players who are not, and it's a question of managing them to the point where. They give you what you need from them, but not overplaying them or overusing them to the point where they end up with an injury and are unavailable for selection for an untold amount of time. So I'm crossing my fingers that what's happened today is not too serious because I want to see more of them. I want to see as much of them this season as possible, as we've already talked about. But I think in order for that to happen, we just need to see the the level of contribution be more consistent than it's been because there's no doubt in my mind he's he's got all the ability you would need. You know, there's no player 
gets linked with the likes of Ajax and teams like that if they've not got ability. He's he's definitely one who's on the radar of a lot of big clubs, I think. And what what we've always said is, listen, go and prove yourself to those big clubs. But if you're doing it in a Celtic shirt, I'm happy with that. Yeah, and I, and I do think it would be premature if he was still have left now. I think there's another season in him at Celtic. And although I also felt the same about Jota in terms of the timing of his move, because of the money involved, you know, that takes that, that takes a completely different um, vibe to it in terms of the uh, fact that the player can't refuse, Celtic can't refuse, and therefore, you know, we could maybe say it's a wee bit earlier than we'd like, but off off he goes. Um, Patrick Harold, Kyogo, the best midfielder on the part today. It just shows you how effective he was when he, he started playing deep. Uh, we've also got Lane Vixer. Not a classic performance, but a big win. Nice to see some of the new boys come on and look great. I do. I'm very excited with, with Yang and Holm. I think that they're going to be very good additions to the squad. Confident Rogers will clean this up a bit onwards and upwards. And we've got to remember, he hasn't been in the door that long. There's loads of work to be done. Brian Murphy, I agree. Yes, sluggish despite the, the scoreline. But I do expect us to, to tighten that up. Sean Fairley, a good, if not spectacular, start. Uh, far too sloppy at times. We'll get better. And pinball, you know, I think you're right. We, we tend to just focus on Celtic. But Ross County, are, they're a very well-organised side. I mean, Malky McKay has probably worked wonders with that team. I think Stephen Robinson deserves great credit at the, the likes of St Mirren and Martindale at Livingston. These guys are working on a shoestring budget and they Listen, come back for more Ross every County, single season. Ross County couldn't have been much worse than they were last season. They were absolutely atrocious. So, And, and that's not to underplay what what work has obviously been done there but I mean they were absolutely atrocious last season and I think it could only go up for, from from there for them I think they'll cause other teams problems what did they have seven or eight corners against us today mm-hmm. so they were mm-hmm. taking the game to us um, they will cause issues for other teams but um, not for us obviously <laughs> I think uh, the previous season they were in the top six Laura and um, they lost their star man didn't they who, who scored most of the goals for them and I remember last season Malky Mackay speaking about you know, we just need to stay in the league. And I thought he's underplaying that a bit, but he knows the squad a lot better than I do. Maybe he was trying to be modest, but indeed, that's exactly what happened. They almost got knocked out in the playoff and uh, obviously they stayed up. And this season will be the same. It will be about survival for a team like Ross County. But uh, yeah, that was the, the beginning of the season for them. Who knows how, how it will go? Um, I certainly never fancy playing them, even though the stats would suggest that going up to Dingwall isn't as scary as sometimes you think it is because we tend to get good results up there. Um, Corvo, NUFC, definitely need a new goalkeeper. Any chance you could give a, give us some someone like Foster, mate? I know you're a Newcastle fan. Um, and we, we took Foster off you a few years back and that turned out not too bad. Tony Cassidy, great catching up with you the other day, sir, um, down at Cathkin Park. That was great, as always to get a wee chat and your honest opinion is not good a couple of things to run by you before we wrap up for today that was a very quick half hour thank you everybody uh, a thousand strong there for the post-match for getting involved anyone who's watching who hasn't subscribed yet and you want to get involved in the chat on the live stream all you need to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel and click the notifications bell and every time Axom comes on and it is exclusively Axom on the channel I know in the past we used to do all sorts from music to film to all that kind of stuff Axom only Celtic exclusive uh, content on the channel hit the notifications bell and that will tell you when we're going to go live we've got a Monday night show called Wonder Round Paradise we're working on another show that will be based here at the bar 
Dax on bar, which I'm sitting at just now. I don't tend to use it for the live streams because if it starts raining, you can hear it on the roof. So sorry if you heard that during the uh, halftime or the full-time bulletins because it was bucketing down. But uh, as the season progresses, once or twice a week we'll be at the bar and we'll be streaming live on those shows as well. We are supporting We Jamie Tierney. Um, his story is uh, detailed underneath in the link below the video. And what we're doing is we're, we're we're doing an initiative called Sell the Jerseys. Uh, we've all got Celtic jerseys lying about. We had a loving lying about in the studio. Um, and we've started getting them signed by the players that we come into contact with, do live events with, interview, etc., etc. Once they've got enough signatures, we're going to get them framed up and we're going to auction or raffle them off to raise funds for We Jamie. He needs 60 grand a year for treatment uh, to improve the quality of his life. There is no cure to the muscular um you know, ailment that he currently is fighting. Um, there's no cure to that, but there are different ways that he can be helped. Unfortunately, not in the UK. So he needs to be flown to far off places and his family are raising funds and we're going to help him. This jersey to my left was actually sent to me by our very own Jerry Taylor, Laura. It's fully signed by the Invincible team. We're going to get it framed. That's going to be the first one we're going to auction off. And we'll auction it off or raffle it off at the next event, which will be Charlie Mulgrew and Aidan McGeady. There's something like 20 tickets left for that. If you want to come along, it's going to be a sellout. Tickets underneath the video. Um, I've really enjoyed that, Laura. Uh, we've got to look at the good, the bad and the ugly, as someone said yesterday, but I don't know if they were talking about me, Brian and Jerry when they said that. Uh, we're not trying to be negative. I think there was far more positive than negative today, but Brennan Rogers will also look at that because you know he will go through that with a fine-tooth comb. He will make the relevant changes, and in a few weeks' time, I'm pretty sure we'll see a completely different look to the side. There'll be a few more bodies in the door for sure. Um, thank you all, a thousand of you, for tuning in. We really appreciate it, and thank you, Laura Bradburn, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.